vision of Fight the Seal. We'll, we'll start here with Matthew. Chapter 10, Matthew chapter 10. And we'll read here at verse 38. It says, And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. In verse 39, it says, He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. Right, so for, for our particular purposes today, when it's highlighting your life, you know, another passage says, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, of course, Jesus is talking to Peter. Is like, he says, you, you know, just the, the person that's trying to uh, almost like desperately try to hold on to all that he's had. And not trying to let go to what God is trying to to get to him. So, so of course, we're talking about vision, a fight to see. Now, how 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 can I possibly ever in my life let go of at least what I've known of what I when you use the phrase what I've mastered? You know, because there's there's different stages of our life where we've mastered certain things, either. Uh, um, Traditions could be uh, processes. It could be systems. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a football guy. So I was watching how you know they're they're uh, hiring all these coaches, and so one particular coach uh, was a winning coach, but they let him go last year. So what they told him was he 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 wasn't adjusting to the changes, you know, the different cultures and environment. He wasn't evolving, basically. He wasn't transforming. So he spent a whole year in uh, not just assessing himself, but trying to find out what he don't know. And so, so what he did was he, uh, he, he had these guys come around him and they, they just watch film just so he can open himself up to what he didn't know. So, so now what he could have done is because uh, this is the National Football League, everybody's not in the football but highest level of, of football, solid sport, millions of people watching. This guy was the second winningest coach uh, in the NFL, like number two, uh, up until last year. And then, of course, he didn't play this year, so he couldn't win no games. I just, how this ties in is he could have said, well, I've been doing this way for a long time and I've had a level of success. I've, I've achieved the ultimate goal that some people have not experienced. So who are you to tell me that I don't know what I'm doing? Have you done what I'm doing? He didn't do that. He was willing to lose his vision of how he's always done things to take on something that he's never done before. He was willing to lose his life to save it. Okay? All right, so, so just keep that in mind for that passage of Scripture. And just for, to get us all on the same page, let's revisit the Scripture from last week in Ephesians 4. And, and, and the thing is, like, uh, we're going to go to Ephesians 4, and I, I believe we'll just start here with, uh, we're going to start here with verse, we read the whole thing, but verse 13. And, you know, and I think about, again, as an athlete, for years I learned to do things a certain way, especially playing basketball. I learned how to play basketball. I learned how to run fast, jump high. Uh, I learned how to shoot, you know, and, of course, I achieved a level of success. And I remember I was, I was, I, was uh, I had to counsel this gentleman who had played a high level of uh, football. And so he had talked to me one day. He said, yeah, so uh, I'm going back to play. You know, he says, uh, I'm going back to play again. I said, so, man, it's going to be difficult. You haven't played in a while. He said, yeah, but once I get my fast twitch together, I should be fine. Now, when he said fast twitch, been an athlete all my life, played college basketball, uh, uh, had won different levels of, of trophies. 
I didn't know what he was talking about. I, I wasn't, I wasn't twenty. I, I, I wasn't, I was in thirties, probably maybe close to forty. I said, "What's fast twitch?" And so he was telling me, and I said, "All this time, I said, I don't know how I've been doing what I was doing because I've been working against the very thing I needed for the sport that I played. Had no idea." Never, never had no idea. So it actually added years to my life as an athlete. So I actually was able to, well, to play now because I learned how to utilize something as simple as fast twitch. Played all, of, all my life, all these coaches, no one ever mentioned it. What I'm saying is as much as we know and as much as we see, because of God's infinite wisdom and how he designed things, there's always something that we can't see. And, and if we're frustrated, sometimes depressed, or sometimes we feel like, ah, I'm moving, but I'm not moving with momentum, this, could it be something that we're not seeing? I mean, I'm just saying, just like if we just took a second. Could, could it just be something we're not seeing? As much as we know, and some of us in here are very smart, intellect, some people got uh, one degree, two degrees, four degrees, um, uh, uh, 17 degrees and three certifications. <laughs> that wasn't nice. Apologize. All right, but with all that exposure, there's still stuff we don't know. Now, the interesting thing is if somebody offers you new information, they're trying to help you to see something that you haven't seen. Now you gotta ask yourself, what is your normal response for new, to new information that you don't know? Is it a prideful response where it's like, you, you, you front, like I knew that already. So that means you're not absorbing all the information at that particular time. Is it a, a response like, like you excuse why you didn't know this information? Like you, you know, you just, or do you just absorb it, eat it, is what I call it. Do you just eat it all? Or as a reflex, like you, you know, because sometimes we reflex. And the whole time God's trying to get you what you don't know. I guarantee you God is working tirelessly to make sure you see what you haven't seen so you can be what you haven't been. But are you working as hard as God is in making sure you absorb this new information that you haven't known yet, right? Are you, okay? Because right, it's a fight to see, right? Right? So we're, we're trying to fight to see. So let's, let's uh, review this scripture here. Ephesians 4, 13, it says, Till we all come in a unit, in, till, it says till, but this King James Version, it's saying until we all come in the unity of the faith. Well, what should we be doing until we all come in harmony? Right? Till we all see in the same thing. It says, and the knowledge of the Son of God unto the perfect man, mature man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Look, that we henceforth, until we all get in this unity, be no more children. We probably could stop there. No more children, look, tossed to and fro, right? And carried about with every wind of doctrine. Right? Every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So it's a subtleness of some things that we're exposed to. And I'm going to tell you the best way to hustle people is when they're busy. I can tell you this. I, this is this, this, this my guy over here, you know. Uh, he's going to be singing here soon again. But, we, you know, we have some great conversations sometimes. You know, sometimes I, I get on his nerve because I'll be busting him out. You know, like you be trying to hustle, get over. And so one day, one day, his, his mom, busy, you know, she's busy. And he was, he was doing his thing. And so I said, hey, hey, hey. I said, why you be trying to do that, man, when you know nobody paying attention? He said, because I know they ain't paying attention. <laughs> so he's like, oh, hey, 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 hey. If they distracted, this is the best time for me to do my thing. Because ain't nobody paying attention. Now, he's young. And if you don't really work with him, when he grows up, he's going to be doing the same thing. Which is some of the people around us. Right. Try to catch you when you're busy. 
best time to get you to, to sell you. If you know the salespeople, they, they don't want it calm and relaxed. Right? Right. They just, just, just keep it moving. Before you know it, you'll be like, okay, 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 okay. They get on my nerves. Okay, here, here, I'll buy it. You know, like, like you just try to overwhelm you, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, look. Thank you, thank you. Th thank you, humility. In humility, I want to introduce you to pride. <laughs> but I mean, that's just the system. That's not, if that's the system, that's the, what he was basically saying is that's just the system. It ain't personal. We need you buying when you don't want to buy. Otherwise, I don't eat. Right? Right, pride? <laughs> All right, so that's what you get for interjecting yourself in the sermon. All right, so. So it says, uh, verse uh, 15, it says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, look, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies. So the goal is for us to harmonize together, be on the same page where we can supply one another, right? Every joint supplies. it says, according to the working of the measure of every part maketh increase of the body to the edifying building up itself in love so the goal is for the more time we spend together the more stronger we get the more we increase and the more we grow but, but, but agreement is hard when you see different ain't it like, like, like when you misunderstand it's hard to harmonize well, let's go over here. Well, I think we should go. Well, I just think we should go. Well, well I don't know why you're going over there. We should be going on. Well, listen, why don't you just go this way, man? Nah, man, that's stupid, man. We need to go this way. Like, you you ain't going nowhere, are you? But when you're in agreement, hey, man, we're going to go this way. Good idea. <laughs> right? You flow better. In the house, when one person comes up with something and another person thinks something different, how does that roll? It gets kind of tense. And, it, and, and, and if, if tension kicks in, people get clouded. Now it's even more of an understanding. Now something that was just we saw different turns into you my enemy. Right? When it was just, I just see different. Right? But, but when you see the same, how does it flow? When you go, hey, hey, babe, I was thinking about doing this. Hey, what? No, you wasn't. I was just thinking about that. You kidding me. You wasn't thinking exactly what I was thinking when I was thinking what I was thinking I was thinking that. <laughs> right? Like, like it's something like it. But, but when, 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 when you rolling together, before it comes out your mouth, be like, man, I was just coming downstairs to get something to eat. Man. Boy, this is great. Right? You walk in church and you sit down and you, <laughs> whoo, boy, man, I'm hot, but I, Man, there's no way you teaching that. That's impossible. Man, I was just studying that very thing out. Oh, man. You know what? That was God. This guy right here, I think he hears from God. <laughs> For real. Like, seriously. Because, I, I'm, listen, I was studying out what he was talking about. I just got to hear some God, man. Seriously. You might want to listen to him. Right? Right? But it's not just what he's spending time hearing from God, it's what we are spending time to hear from God. Because what happens is something happens in that spirit, man, and it pulls on the man of God. And he's spilling something out over here. Then, some, then you pull it, spilling something out over here. You pull it, spilling something out over here. But it's all spilled out to smear the anointing over everybody. But let's say you have somebody, they, 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 they're in the flesh. They're in the funk. Well, now that's pulling on the man of God in a certain way. Right? And it's because God got to meet that need too. And it might overcompensate in that area, but then now this person don't get what they need. Right? Something happens when we're in agreement, but that's compactly, fitly joined together. I mean, that's just so, so we need to see that. But look at verse 17. It says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you henceforth, now again, it's, it's talking about this union, until we get into unity. Henceforth, don't be tossed to and fro. Henceforth, right, walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Vanity, vain. So they get to, see, remember, we always say, man, you get out your head. Like, don't get so caught up. Like, like, people talk themselves out of agreement, positions, and opportunities. You know, something that, 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 that we're leaders 
Um, and we, 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 yes, we've been exposed to some things. Some things we learn just like everybody else. But we understand. Uh, listen, as a leader, all you got to do is say something simple as, hey, right, so what we're going to do is we're going to shift some things out. We're going to make some changes. Right? Just to get everything on the same page. Now, some people are going to be like, whoo, glory to God, man. This, this is exciting. I can't wait to see this is happening. Then somebody else is going to be like, changes? What kind of changes? What do you mean you're making changes? Well, what, did I do something wrong? None of that was communicated. Never did the leader just say, I'm going to make some changes. Right? But a person to go in their head and process a worst case scenario, never talking to the leader at all. Right? Didn't ask the leader no questions. Just in their own head, surely, surely these changes mean I'm doing something wrong. Based on what? Oh, yeah, okay, you can sit in your house. This, 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 I'm going to give you another example of that in your mind. I use leaders. Let's use the household. Uh, uh, the wife goes, honey, oh, man, what now? <laughs> you got in your head, why does it have to be something bad? Why is it like, what, what, babe, what's going on? I heard you call my name. I know it's something special. What you, what you going to talk about? What, what's wrong with that? Why does it have to be, oh, man, or, or hey, hey, mom calls. Chris, what? What? Oh, man, what she want, man? What I done did now? Why can't it just be? She was thinking about you. She's happy to, to, to just spend some time with you. <laughs> Chris going, that must be God, because that, I ain't, I ain't see that. <laughs> Normally it's, what's wrong? All right, so just think about it. Bang me in your mind. Look, look, it says, the reason why we don't want to be vain in our mind is verse 18. Having the understanding darkened, darkened, look, being alienated for what? The life of God. Through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Right? So now it's saying we're alienated from the life of God. If we allow ourselves to get vain in our minds, we go blind. The life of God. So we lose our life as opposed to gaining it. Right? All because we're trying to vainly save the old life, we're not opening ourselves up for the new life. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Are we allowing old things to pass away? Or are we holding on to? Are we just like why we, it's like we hold on tight. Yes, we've mastered these old things, but these old things are weighing us down for experiencing the new life. Right? I said that was last week. And so, let's go. Uh, Matthew. Hey, what's that scripture you read? Psalm 71? Lewis. All right, so get it and then give it to me in a little bit. But Matthew 6. Psalms what? 41 through 3? Is that the scripture that talks about being void of confusion? This was from um, uh, Guy Talk, I believe. All right, so uh, uh, Matthew 6, let's look at verse 22. It's my fault. I should have wrote it down, but I got Psalm 71 here for some reason. Maybe you said 41. All right, so Matthew 6, uh, 22 and 23. It says, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore the eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. If the eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great, how great is that darkness. So the scripture is saying we need some single eyesight. See, again, that's the other thing. See, see the adversary tries to, to cloud our vision by throwing all these other considerations, almost overwhelming us, even though you're locked in. So this is the thing about vision. When God gives you a vision, you're locked in. The adversary immediately tries to offer you bribes, spiritual bribes, like, here, consider this and consider that. Well, hey, suppose you do that and you blow this. Well, you suppose you do that, then you blow this. Well, suppose you do that and you miss out on this. Well, suppose you do that, and then you miss out on this that you could have got. As opposed to just locking in on what? On, 
the vision he gave you. Staying single-minded. Now, now that's tough because vision, vision has an uncertainty to it because it hasn't totally manifested yet, right? So that's the, the best opportunity if somebody's trying to get you off the vision to get you tempted away from it. Because what, what, you're, what you've been doing has at least manifested, <laughs> right? It's not get, yielding the fulfillment, but hey, tolerable, right? What you say? It works? Yeah, it work, it's worked at least for that particular time or season, right? And so, so, so now you got this, God is offering you this vision, and he's saying, stay locked in on it. Single-minded. Just stay locked in. It's like, almost like narrows the way that leads to life and peace, right? And, and, but the adversary is like, hey, consider this. Hey, you should consider that. What about this? Consider. So he wants you to consider everything versus the only thing. So I was just working, uh, near writers working out the other day, so we was, we was going over shooting. So, you know, he had a, a, a way he was doing a drill where he would look down, dribble, shoot up. I said, no, 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 just keep your eye on the basket. I said, even while you're dribbling, just keep your eye on the basket. Keep your eye on your basket. Keep your eye on your basket. Get your rhythm and shoot. I said, if you get, I said, even though when, you, when you're looking at the basket, there might be people behind there going, ah, your mama stinks. Uh, uh, ah, I don't like you. Ah, you're yelling, screaming, and putting all types of stuff. But what happens is our, 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 our vision has been designed. When you lock in, everything else goes blur. That's, what they, 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 that's how they taught the cameras to do that. You know how a camera locks in and you see something clear, but everything around it looks like it's, it's a... Well, when I do the effects, it's called blur effect, where it looks like it's faded out behind you. Something, the camera focused in on something distinctly and almost faded everything out so you can only see what you're locked in on. Well, that's how God designed us. When we lock in on vision, everything else starts to go a blur. But if we lock in on everything else, what you're supposed to be focusing on starts to go a blur. All right? Single-mindedness, right? We got that? Single-mindedness. Or, or single, single eyesight. Single eyesight. Right, so, so I'm going to read a couple things here. So I'm going to give you the passages so you can write them down for yourself. And then I'm going to read, read through uh, just some of this just for the sake of our conversation today. But Ezekiel 11, verses 24 through Ezekiel 12, verse 15. So 11, 24 through 12 through 15. And then uh, also Ezekiel 12, verses 21 through 25. So Ezekiel 11, 24. It says, afterward, the spirit... Right, so Ezekiel 11, we're going to start here at verse 24. It says, after... Afterwards, the Spirit took me up. Keyword, the Spirit took me up and brought me in a vision by the Spirit of God into Chaldea to them of the captivity. So the vision that I had seen went up from me. Then I spake unto them of the captivity, all the things the Lord had showed me. So he basically said I had a vision, but the Spirit took me up in a vision. And I, when, I, when I read this, I thought through, again, I, I know I always use sports. Well, what they do in, um, on a lot of the NBA telecast, now, they telecast, they'll have a big screen back here. And so one of the guys from New York, Kenny Smith, he'll run back to the screen. So he'll, he'll tell you, he'll, he'll diagram what people are doing, and they'll hit a button, and, and people are moving like, like a movie. So then he says, hey, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to show you in another way. I'm about to go inside the video. So I don't know where he goes. He goes somewhere in the back, and next thing you know, he shows up in the video. Right on the inside. So now he's playing defense as if he's a part of the video. All right, so when I saw, when I read the scripture, I was like, wow. I said, the Lord, the Holy Spirit took him to a place where he had vision and was in the vision at the same time. All right, so, all right. So I said, no, we experience that a lot where you 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 uh, either night vision, which is, is is when you sleep in your dreams, or open vision, which you see during the day. You, you it's almost it's so real you feel that you're in the vision. You wake up and you're talking it through as if you're you're there, like you're in it, 
Like you see yourself, like you're you're a main character, right? Plugged into it, right? Some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Because some people see things in visuals. Like my, my life, when God wants me to see something, he shows me a video. Like I'll see it played out. So that's, that's, what, that's what's kept me, you know, as we, as we process through things. Come on, y'all already know, Pastor Mel don't play around. So imagine me casting vision and telling her something. I can't just be like, hey, babe, I just think we're going to do such and such. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, just, hey, babe. You know, I just feel like, you know, this is just thing to do. You know, and I'm just talking, you know. Oh, no, no. <laughs> you know, and I just start laughing. <laughs> She'd be like, so you want to break that down? You know, just make it plain? But, but, but she's going to run with. As she just said, clarity. But not just natural clarity. Not just excitable information. Feel good. You know, how many of us, we've done stuff based on feel good. And nothing's going to do. You want to do that? Let's go do that. And then you go do it. You're like, I don't know. Why are we doing this? And, well, and then, then it's an argument later. Well, I didn't really want to do this anyway. You know, just kind of the emotional flow. Well, I'm talking like it's so real she thinks she's there when we're having a conversation. Hmm? It bears witness. It be oh, oh, look. It, oh, it pierces the heart. Bears witness with her spirit, man. So that's vision from God. Right? That's different. So this is what he's saying. So he, look, it's in the Bible. I mean, it's written in the Bible. <laughs> that should say something right there. Right? All right, so, so, so. All right. Can what we see and what we're writing down for this year, can it be a Bible entry? Can people take what we're writing down years later and it pierces their spirit, bears witness with them so much that it still impacts their lives even after you've passed that place in your life? There's a vision like that. Or is this just a, a cliche, or a phrase, or a thought, or a feeling, right? All right, so, I didn't plan none of this. All right, so, so then he's speaking on the cafeteria. It says, the word of the Lord also came unto me, saying, Son of man, thou dwellest in the midst of a, of a rebellious house. Look, look, which have, now this is what he called a rebellious house. Which have eyes to see, and see not. They have ears to hear, and hear not. They, look, then he said it again, for they are a rebellious house. He's saying that they're not hearing nothing I'm saying. They're not seeing nothing I'm showing them. And I purposed them to be here to fulfill my plan and my vision. But because they're rebellious, they're clouded, they're vain in their minds. See, see, think about it. who would even think to be rebellious? You would have to think that what you're thinking has more value than what you're being instructed to do or to carry out. So God is saying something, and you would have to in your mind is saying, my philosophies, my worldviews, or the way I see things should be done is more valuable than what God is instructing should be done. So that doesn't apply to me. Because that doesn't, that, has, that doesn't have more value than the way I think and the way I feel. When actually, when the word comes and you really hear it, and it bears witness with you, when you see it, it should move you. Like, like see, the scripture talks about hearkening in numbers. That word hearkening is listening with the intent to obey. So when I hear, oh, I got to change some things. I know a young man, I just read to him Colossians 3, verses 8 through 10 when he was cursing one day. He said, man, I said, oh, I can't hear you with all that ugly coming out your mouth. He said, he said, uh, 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 that, that ain't in the Bible. Because, you know, I'm a, he knew I was a preacher. I said, so, I pulled out the Bible, opened up the Colossians 3. Uh, it says, put all filthy communications out of your mouth, lie not to one another. He read it, he stopped cursing. I mean, I've told the story before, but this young man wasn't even living for God. But the fact that it was in the Bible, he goes, oh, oh, I can't do this no more then. 
Now how do we just, how is cursing okay with us then? Something is, we, we're not seeing or processing something, okay? The scripture says you can hear to a point of seeing. You know that, right? Isaiah 1 of the scriptures. I'll give it to you next week. <laughs> but, but it says the, the person heard to the point of seeing. Like it was so clear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? <laughs> it was so clear they saw it. <laughs> they heard it to, oh, I, I get it now. It clicked, right? And, and they saw to a point when they were moving. Like, 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 how do you, you know, people get information and they go, I understand that. It makes a lot of sense. But I'm still going to do what I was doing. So then they really didn't hear it, did they? <laughs> right? All right, okay, good. Uh, I said, uh, what did I read? The word came to me saying, Son of man, thou dwellest in the midst of Belzer's house. Okay, it says they were in rebellious house. It says, it said, Look, therefore, son of man, prepare thee stuff for removing. He said, Look, and remove by day in their sight. Key, key word, you can underline it, highlight it, their sight. He says, And thou shalt remove from thy place another, to another place, look, in their sight. There it is again. And it may be. They will consider, it may be, they will consider, though they be a rebellious house. It says, then shalt thou bring forth thy stuff in the day in their sight, as stuff for removing. And thou shalt go forth at evening in their sight, as, as they that go forth into captivity. Dig thou the wall in their sight, carry out thereby in their sight, shall thou bear it up in thy shoulders and carry it forth in the twilight. Thou shalt cover thy face and thou shalt see not the ground. For I have set thee for a sign unto the house of Israel. Now he told me to do all these things in their sight. Now, first of all, he said they're a rebellious house, and they have eyes, but they don't see. They have ears, but they don't hear. He said, okay, so they're not really processing, right? I'm trying to get something to them. I'm not going to leave them out there like that. I'm going to use you. I want you in their sight as a prophet, a man of God, to now show them. So it's a layer learning, right? We always talk about layer learning around here. So God said, I'm going to try another layer. I'm going to show them specifically what they're doing through the man of God. He's going to be doing this in their sight. He said, the hope is that they will consider. That means it will draw attention to their sight. Hopefully triggering their insight to see, is that what we're doing? That was the intent. Like, like, because I'm I need them to see. He says, I'm going to make you a sign unto thee. And, and God does that all the time. He has men and women of God that is revealing everything, advanced information ahead of time. Showing through example exactly what he wants done. But people just, just, just ignoring. All that God has been setting up because that rebellion has bled so deep in their heart to a point, it's clouded their vision. Right? All right, so, so we drop down here to verse, oh, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 2. Should I read this verse? No, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10, and then we're going to go back to Ezekiel 12. 1 Corinthians 2. Wow. All right, I was going to start here at verse 9, but this is too rich. So we'll start at verse 4. It says, My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, look, look, but was in demonstration of the Spirit and power. So you can see it, basically. It says, That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. It says, Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect or mature, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. 
It says, but we speak wisdom of God in a mystery, in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before, uh, before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. The, the princes and principalities like the, the adversary and all the people that he has in hierarchy. It says, for had they known it, it would have, uh, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. But it is, but as it is written, look, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. So he's saying like you you have this 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 you have this world that just like he said he sent a prophet in it's obvious everything is obvious he says so so I'm gonna do it different I'm gonna present things in a package that only these the your inner eye would see it would only trigger your inner eye so it's almost like a spiritual subliminal message and when it comes around your inner eye or your the spirit man processes it. But people that are in the flesh won't be able to see it. So he says, I'm, 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 I'm going to gauge out. I'm going to measure the people that are my children. Because you can't front sight. <laughs> right? You can't front sight. He says, so because some people will have the form of godliness, but be denying the power thereof. But if you have the form of godliness, it's going to be a mystery to you. No, it makes sense. What's going on? How, how did that happen? But if you, but if you really are truly locked into God, because it says, it says, it says, I. It's talking about flesh. I have not seen nor ever heard. People that are in the flesh, their natural senses can't even pick it up. It says, it says, but the person in it, it says, but the spirit searches all things, the deep things of God. So to see what God is doing, I got to yield to the spirit. I have to yield to the spirit, otherwise I'm not going to see it. Like, uh, okay, this is uh, twelve. Revealed to us by the spirit. I read that. Is it in this? Oh, it's not in this chapter. All right, let's go to Ezekiel 12. Back to Ezekiel 12. Well, I got it written here. I'll have to go back to it. Verse 21, just for the sake of time. It says, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, what is that proverb that you have in the land of Israel, saying, The days are prolonged, and every vision faileth? The days are prolonged, and every vision faileth. Ezekiel 12, 21. Right? It says, tell them therefore, thus said the Lord God, I will make this proverb to cease. It says, and they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel. But say unto them, the days are at hand, and the effect, the effect of every vision. So he's saying the days are at hand, and, and, and the result of every vision. It says, for, for there shall no more, there shall be no more any vain when we talked about vanity in your mind, vain vision, nor flattering divination within the house of Israel. For I am the Lord God, I will speak, and the word that I shall speak shall come to pass. And there shall be no more prolonged, for in your days, O rebellious house, will I say the word and will perform it. I will speak the word and I will fulfill it, is what the Amplifier says, said the Lord God. Alright, so, so and, and that's a uh, Similar to uh, Isaiah 55, it says, "My word will go out, and not return to me void, but it'll accomplish wherein I sent it, where I, when I sent it." But it's, it'll, you know what I mean? Isaiah 55:11. All right, so here he's saying, "Yeah, I've been hearing uh, these men and women of God, or proclaiming women of God, or people that uh, have the form of godliness. They talk about, oh yeah, 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 yeah." It's, that's back in the day, you know. Yeah, ain't no, you know, vision, vision don't even come to pass no more, you know. You know, that stuff don't even be happening. He said, yeah, and I hear them talking, and they're talking like they represent me. He says, I'm going to put an end to this. He says, I'm going to say some things, and what I say will come to pass. What I say will come to pass, not what people feel, not what people are just throwing out there. He says, oh, this, this, this old, this old, these old statements and these little proverbs that people just throwing out there, he said, that, that ain't happening no more. I'm the, basically saying, I'm the same God. I'm going to say things that don't come to pass. That happened, you know, he told us last year, what he said, new beginnings, right? And it came to pass. Like, but th that's the thing, like, God hasn't changed. He's the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. We change. 
We change but blame God. You know what we talked about last week? Like, we start the fire and blame God for the heat. Right? I don't understand why this, 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 this why, why is this burning up in here? I, I don't get it. We started the fire. Right? And, and, and the thing is, God is, he wants to manifest some things because if he does, people that you've been talking to about God, see God in your life. No, no. You don't even have to tell them it's God. They'll tell you. <laughs> I, listen, I, I, the only way I can explain that is God. So that's what God is do, looking to do. Uh, and we have to fight to see what God, to see and hear what God is saying. And, and it's a lot more sanctification. Because this is what, what's so tough here. What can be tough is not tough. But what can be tough is, is I get it, man. Like, We've been a long time in this world, in the circumstance of the world, in the positions we've been in life. We've been in that a lot longer than what God is telling us is, that's coming, right? And so the reality is what you've experienced can be intimidating or it can be almost like, really? So you're expecting things to change. <laughs> Please. That, that, that that's what your experience is telling you. When the whole time God said, I'm doing a new thing. He's saying it to Isaiah, right? I'm doing a new thing. But every time he says he's doing a new thing, you're, you're tempted with what you've been used to. Right? It's just a temptation. It's just like, yeah, but like, is this really going to break through the way I'm expecting? Like, when I make that move this week, is, is, is this going to finally cost me over into what I've been believing? But everything in you be like, is this just another disappointment? But why does everything in you say is this another disappointment? Because that's what you, you, your default is. You know, you know when you're healed, right, your, your, your nerves somehow store the previous pain. It's done, you healed. But everything in you will be looking for that thing. Expecting that thing. Listen, I, I got a tooth removed, and one day I was like, man, I'm going to go to the dentist. Right? And I realized that tooth gone. <laughs> there is no nerves there. But everything in, in, in this mouth was like, dude, like, you know, you have a toothache. And I didn't have. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have it. When I first, when my knee got healed going to a tryout, it was right, right knee, uh, going to a tryout, like, so I played, had fun, enjoyed myself, but a couple days later, I was looking for this. Wow, this uh, where's that pain? <laughs> like, why would you be looking for something that you don't want? See, that's that default. You, God's trying to break you through to see things no one's experienced in your life. But the default is like, oh, okay, okay. All right, what's the catch? All right, come on, where the cameras at? Where the cameras at? Where the ca I know, what's the catch? It's some type of TV show or something. No, it's God's reality. Yeah. Amen, God's reality. I like that. Yeah. Uh -huh. That's good. You see what I'm saying? Like, 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 see, the difference between the reality shows, that stuff ain't real. God has a reality that he's sending our way. But we're going to allow ourselves to see it. See it like it's real. Like see it like you know. Man. I've been waiting a long time for this. Woo. Like be excited before you get there. Like praise him in advance. Are you, are you, you listening to me? Alright good. Alright so. Like you got to be like that. Right? Because God is doing something. He's, he's, he, and he just, he just needs us to see it. You operate different when you see stuff. Like your whole float, like when you see it, you're not as stressed. Because you see it. When you really see it, like when you really see it, like you're not as urgent. 
you're not as desperate. You're not as thirsty. Because you know. Yeah, it's, it's cool. If, if, guess what? When you see it, people will overlook you. You'll be like, okay, you're lost. Because <laughs> you know. But when you can't see, somebody overlook you. Like, oh, man, this might be my only opportunity, man. This might be my only opportunity. I got to figure out a way. I beg. Please give me another chance. Like, like, you, you, I just, please, please, please. Like, you start begging because you can't see. The scripture says, without vision, my people perish. In other words, it says they stumble all over themselves. It says, in other words, that they, people cast off restraint. So the restraints keep us on a path. But when there is no vision, when I can't see, I'm just all over, man. I'm just, like, I just, just I'm, I'm just running after everything. I'm, I'm wearing myself out. Right? All right, so. Fight to see. God's trying to do something different. All right, let's look at uh, these couple of these scriptures. I'll give you these, and then I'll have to give you this, because I don't know if I'm teaching this next week. So, All right, so, so Psalm 23. You know, some of these scriptures we've been reading through for years, and sometimes we need to stop and really chew on them. So when you see Psalm 23, 3, it says, He restoreth my soul, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Right? It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. I see you. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Like, I see it. Even though everything around me seems like it's trying to take the life out of me, Ah, I have a peace because I'm in his presence, right? I have a peace because I'm in, the scripture says we have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. That ain't doing you no good if you don't see it. The scripture tells us to pray for it to be on earth as it is in heaven. That don't do you no good if you don't see it. If you think all you have is all you see in this earth realm, all you're going to do is hustle. But if you know you have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, you're going to press in his presence, the place of demand on what's in the heaven realm. You're going to know that what, what, what I can tangibly see is not all that's available to me. Right? There's more. It was, was it, uh, he told the, the, uh, uh, the servant, he says, open his eyes and he can see. It was more in that realm, Second Second Kings six uh, sixteen. It's more in that that realm. So this is the thing. So we're fighting to see, and we need to see because we can see some things. Uh, there's some things that's going to manifest in our life. And this is the thing. Vision costs us everything. To see costs us everything. So you're not going to see what God's trying to get you to see at your convenience. Right? You're not going to see at your convenience. And that's the tough part. I get it. Listen. I get it. It's hard to to uh, to really present yourself as a living sacrifice to lay down your life, especially you know you have a funky day. You tell yourself, "I deserve a break, a break from God," but you decide to deserve a break. So you you I'm going to treat myself, but really what we say I'm going to treat myself to some poison, whatever that may be. I just, you, you do it. And, and and it clouds us. So even so, we just treated ourselves to blindness. <laughs> right? But we're saying we're rewarding ourselves because we need a break from this. Well, all we did was facilitate advancing or projecting that same craziness into our future. Right? So it costs us everything to see. So are we so so we gotta ask ourselves, what are we offering of value to really see what God has designed for us? What are we offering of value to really see what God has designed for us? So if it costs us everything to see, what are we giving of ourselves to, to see what God has? Like, like what type of offering does, are we giving our time? Are we giving our mind? 
Are we giving our focus on his word? What are we doing? Are we, give, are we yielding our body to worship? What are we doing to make sure we see God? Listen, try this. Spend the whole day worshiping. You ain't going to see the same. Spend that whole trip just praising the Lord. See what happens. Locking in on God. Just, I mean, just cut out all the other stuff, all the stuff we normally do. See what happens. Just see, just see if you see it, anything different. Anything downloading to you. Anything where you, you're going to have to start writing down information and you can't stop. Just, I mean, just try it. At a whole nother level. Shut out the noise and see what happens. See if you see differently. So, so what are we giving up? So, 2 Samuel 24, I just thought about this uh, when I was thinking about vision costs us everything. I learned a lot from David, but 2 Samuel 24, you know, David had gone through a punishment here. Let's see. Um, I'll do the best. Start at verse eighteen. And Gad came, to, came, and Gad came that day to David and said unto him, Go up, rear an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite. Excuse me. And David, according to the saying of Gad, went up as the Lord commanded. And Aruna looked and saw the king and his servants coming on towards him. And Aruna went out and bowed himself before the king on his face upon the ground. And Aruna said, Wherefore is my lord the king come to his servant? And David said, To buy the threshing floor of thee to build an altar unto the Lord, that the plague may be stayed from the people. Because of David's sin, he created a, a plague. Was, uh, that was his punishment. And Aruna said unto David, Let my lord the king take and offer up what seemeth good unto him. Behold, here be oxen for burnt sacrifice and, and threshing instruments and other instruments of oxen for wood. And all these things did Aruna as a king give unto the king. And Aruna said unto the king, Lord thy God, accept thee. And the king said unto Aruna, Nay. Now he's teaching saying, hey, hey, you got to make an offering? Take what you want. Offer what you want. It's not a problem. This is free. It's free. Not, not a problem. And the king said unto Aruna, nay, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which does cost me nothing. So David brought the threshing for the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. See, so David's whole point was there's a plague that's affecting me and my people because of a choice I made. He says, and I need to, I need this removed. So he, he, he sought advice from the man of God. He said, oh, there's no problem. He said, man, just offer on a, a, a build an altar on a threshing floor and offer a sacrifice. So he was in proximity. He said, okay, well, let me go, let me go purchase these things. So, so, so the king, the Aruna was like, no, 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 King David, man, sure, not a problem. Just take what you want. Say, no, 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 no. It has to cost me something. It has to cost me something. And this is the thing: when we're when we're trying to break into another place, it has to cost you. It's not at your convenience. See, that same default to get around. See, sometimes we'll, 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 we'll sacrifice some of ourselves. You know, like we compartmentalize our sacrifice, you know. We'll sacrifice some of ourselves. But when we get to that point where it's touching our heart, where it's going to cost us everything, a lot of times we choke. That's where the breakthrough is. That's where, that's where you break through and you really start to see. Because what's in your flesh, whatever vanity, whatever pride, whatever lust, whatever fears, has now been slayed. And now it's, it's no longer a scale on your sight. And you can see through to what God's been doing the whole time. So it has to cost you. 
You have to let go of some things, that, those controls, you know, those fears, those defaults. It has to cost you. And you'll see at a whole nother level. And that's the goal. God is trying to get us to really, really see. All of us. He's trying to get us to see. So that's vision, period. Vision is a, it's, it's, it's a peek into our blind spots. Right? It's a peek into our blind spots. It's the whole picture. Not just a piece of it, not just the signature, but the whole picture. And God wants us to see the whole picture. Like, you ever, you know, you ever grow to different stages of your life and you say, how did that happen? When did that happen? And how did I get here? And where was I when I, like, was I like, did I get transported into this, this mess? Like, did anybody check with me? How did I get here? I was, I was talking to a young man today. And, uh, you know, we were talking of, of, of some of the pain that you go through. You know, he's, he's been in a tough position in his life. And he says, you know what? He said, uh, like everything he was hearing was stimulating the person he was before. He, you know, a choice led to a choice led to a choice led to a choice. He's like, how am I get here? And he said, so, so when he said, you know, I just need to get back to that person I was before I compromised. But he was talking about back when he was a young kid. Sort of like what uh, Harold was talking about when he was teaching. You know, remember, he was, he, if y'all was here, he was like, man, you know, I mean, I, I wasn't doing all this. Like, how did I even, why do I even do this now? And, and this young man I was talking to today, who doesn't have some of the privileges that other people have in this room, he was like, man, I just get, I got to get back to that guy. Like the, the guy that I was that just was open to God, was genuine with God, that was having a level of momentum in his life, but then I just got caught up. And then once I started making that decision, then I had to make this decision to fix that one. Then I had to make this decision to fix that one. Then I had to make this one to justify that one. I had to make this one to just. Then I look up and I was like, where am I? And who stole me from me? And so that's what God is trying to get us back to, like, uh, and we get these signals. Some of the signals we get are, are dreams through night vision. Some of them are open vision. Some of them are through the word. Some of them are through uh, uh, conversations that we have, right? This will get you. Some of them is through pain. Dis-ease. You know, when I would do hospital visits, when I would go in, the first thing I would say is, I said, you ain't in here all the time. I said, and for whatever reason, you slow down, right? I said, for whatever reason, I said, yeah, when I walk into a lot of hospital visits, people will be watching TV. <laughs> I was like, so let me get this right. You're in a hospital, right? And you're going to use this time to watch this TV program. I said, you ain't slowed down in seven years. Now you have an opportunity to slow down. So it might be a good time to hear from God. To find out. Here's something that you wouldn't have heard if you wasn't slowed down. I said, this TV ain't going nowhere. <laughs> These days you can, you can record it. I said, so sometimes that's a signal. You know, when things start just happening and happening and happening, and you go... Are you playing it off or are you saying, Lord, what do you need me to see that I've been too busy to see? Or I've been distracted from seeing? Or been clouded from seeing? And each time, uh, when I broke my knee, you know, uh, yeah, I've told the story a thousand times, but these people was like, you know, she said it first because she wanted me to stop playing basketball. So she was like, you know, God has a funny way of telling you something. And so, I, so now, mind you, now I have a broken knee, and I'm in the hospital bed, and I'm like, man, it ain't even all that serious. I was like, it ain't even all that serious. Like, I just broke my knee playing basketball. But then she, you know, she apologized. She says, well, baby, I apologize because I wasn't really praying for you while you was out there because I ain't want you to play no more. 
Then somebody else comes in. God, there's a funny way of telling you things. I was 38 at the time, so everybody thought I should have retired from basketball. And um, this guy from Trinidad comes in. He said, Keith, man, what happened to you, man? I was my, my, my little crutch. And he said, uh, he said, uh, I said, man, I, well, you know, broke my knee playing basketball. He said, God, there's a funny way of telling you things, man. <laughs> and when he said it, it hit me right in my chest. It's like somebody took an hour. I was like, whoa, got in the car. I said, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? He said, well, now that I got your attention, and he just broke down all these things I need to work on, pride, this, 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 that, and the other. And I was just like, it was like a long list. I was like, nope, nobody's talking to me about any of these things, and these, none of these things are my reputation. He said, yeah, if you just stop living at this stage of your life, you're fine. He says, but if you want to take this little bit of pride to where I'm taking you, this is just enough to, to destroy everything that I'm going to build. It was more than just pride. I don't have a list. I, I lost it. Uh, but I worked on every one of those things. I told her about it. No, no, that was, that was a good shot. You got to give people credit. Right, so, the, so, so the thing is like, and at that time, none of those things were overtly things that anybody would attach to me. But there were things in that, in that blind spot, in the, in the deep parts of my life that God was saying, oh, no, we can't take this, this, no, we can't take this to the next level. So you know when you're in the airport, you can go in the airport, you can go to Starbucks, Wendy's, with a pocket knife in your pocket. Uh, you know, they got little novelty shops. You can go in there, sit down, relax. But if you try to go to the terminal where you got to advance to another level, guess what? Not, not, not with that pocket knife in your pocket, <laughs> right? So you can go to all the ancillary areas. You just can't elevate, <laughs> right? And so that's what God is saying. He said, that's nice if you want to just keep walking around on this level. But if you want to elevate and go someplace that you can't go to where you are right now, you're going to let that stuff go. Right? All right, so that's, that's enough for today. Let's, let's go with the people online.